0: All right, guys, Monero Mateo back with another video. My mind is fried right now. I've been going through so much Monero and Pirate Chain content this entire day. I woke up at like 11, and I've talked about so much in regards to Monero, Pirate Chain, black markets, shortages, the bond market. I mean, we've talked about so much over the last week. I'm starting to see what Rick was talking about, where he's just like, you can just put a video out once a week and that'd be good with all the content you have in there and i'm starting to think you know i get where he's coming from but again we need daily videos don't we we need that phil so uh i'm gonna keep coming up with stuff to talk about and you guys keep liking those videos because i'm trying to get uh this channel popular enough to where i can incentivize people to come talk to me like if i could do interviews uh with people like jeff berwick uh, Monero Developers, uh, Fluffy Pony, when he gets out of jail, <laughs> it, that'd be great. I, I think that um, you know there is a lot of great people to talk to. Uh, Coding Jesus is another person that's on my list. But uh, yeah, we need to grow the channel a little bit before we do that. and So I need to continue to put the content out there. And you guys need to continue to do what you guys have been doing. I mean, the likes are doing great on the videos, which is getting the videos more uh, up in the hierarchy in YouTube's algorithms, and so more people are watching it, which is fantastic. And so, um, that being said, I have a video for you guys today about Bitcoin laundry services. And so, when I talk to my friends about Monero and Pirate Chain and privacy coins, they say, oh, well, Matt, you, you know about the washer services, don't you? You know about laundry services and uh, like ways that you could anonymize your currencies, and again, we've talked about this on the channel. How the people, and I'm going to do another video on this, but there are so many firms coming out now. So many firms. Uh, you've got crypto tracer you've got Cipher uh, Blade, uh, you've got TaxBit, you've got um, uh, chain analysis You have so many firms who are employing all of these cutting-edge technologies to figure out what's going on in the blockchain. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's getting pretty crazy out there as far as that goes. And they're going to be able to look at everything. And we're going to, we're going to see later in this video that they are going to figure this laundry stuff out. If they haven't already, people are already getting arrested for this stuff and, uh, people are getting caught. People are getting caught because if you employ artificial intelligence, which can pick up on pattern recognition, which can pick up on certain algorithmic, uh, orientations That are typically aligned with Bitcoin Laundry activity you know they can make some determinations and One single slip you're done one single slip you're done. And so, uh, just to start here We're going to talk about what a Bitcoin laundry service is Bitcoin is a pseudo anonymous cryptocurrency if somebody knows your wallet address, they can query the blockchain and analyze the trail of wallet transactions to understand your spending and income behavior. And this is interesting to do. If you guys haven't done this, there's some people that I've listened to over the years, like they'll put their uh, Bitcoin wallet address on like the comments in their description for their YouTube videos and stuff like that. And by the way, I have my Monero and Pirate chain addresses in my comment section or no in my uh, uh, Details section for the videos that I put up. I've never made an ask in regards to any of that But if you guys are feeling so inclined you can go ahead and do that But you can take these addresses that these people put for Bitcoin and you can go to some of these websites And you could just copy and paste the address in there and it shows all their transactions like for instance uh, I was looking at Stefan Molyneux address and, you know, you just go to a website, copy and paste his address in there, and all the Bitcoin he's received, it tallies up all the Bitcoin he's received ever, and he's received like 1,250 Bitcoin for that one wallet in donations. And, you know, you annualize that out, you see what that is in today's money, it's like $50 million. <laughs> That's a lot of money. But, uh, yeah, you can track all that stuff pretty easily if complete... An amenity and privacy is desired, then use of private coins such as Monero are recommended. Of course, otherwise, Bitcoin laundry mixing tumbling services are available. Uh, Why use a Bitcoin laundry service? Some are regular users who do not engage in illegal activities and would like to remain anonymous. Others are cyber criminals who are laundering their Bitcoin before exchanging them for fiat currencies. These cyber criminals may have been involved in ransom hacks, drug trafficking, or other illegal activity. Yes. So what is it? Bitcoin Laundry Services is an external mixing service to render your coins anonymous. Typically, a user of a Bitcoin Laundry Service will send his quote-unquote dirty coins, his tainted coins, to a deposit address, and it will be allowed to withdraw the clean coins to the destination addressees fees charged for laundry services can range from one percent to five percent and the cleaning processes can be ranged from a few minutes or hours depending on the level of anonymity required so you basically tell them hey just you know wash it for two hours three hours some people wash it for as long as a day just to make sure they thoroughly get the suds of sin out and so you can make those determinations The cleaning process is such that the dirty coins are sent to hundreds of addresses over randomly scheduled transactions of random amounts before randomly arriving at a specified destination uh, of addresses. In this manner, the trail between coins from the deposit address and the source address is obfuscated. So this is a good diagram here showing kind of what that looks like. Just coins going everywhere to confuse anybody who may be looking at the network and so uh take a look at that looking at the graph each node is different is a different wallet address node one is a different uh, destination address and you guys can read that you guys can take a look at that so basically just coins are going everywhere and it's a way of anonymizing the coins to not make it look like any particular coin belongs to you, or you just got it as a result of innocent transactions with other wallets. Because the taint on Bitcoin, um, which taint is basically another word for in association of, taint is sort of like a bad uh, connotation, because it's associated with illegal things. Um, but it's really being associated with illegal activity, right? And But if that Bitcoin goes through an exchange or it goes through different wallets, the presumption is the Bitcoin loses its taint after a while because you have people who are just innocently picking this stuff up, uh, or at least that's the probability. The probability for that goes higher and higher as it moves further away from the original wallet, which was involved in whatever illegal, illegal activity it was. And so that is the purpose of it. Um and for making it look like they don't belong to you, right? So there can be as many as thousands to tens of thousands of hops for a large transaction that has gone through a Bitcoin mixer. Uh, So that's an interesting thing. And yeah, this is kind of synchronicitous, right? I was going to do a video on BlackRock because there's a lot of stuff in the news about BlackRock buying up a bunch of homes, or at least they will be as soon as everybody is broke because the landlords aren't getting rents from the people because they are continuing to extend these moratoriums. They just came out and defied a Supreme Court ruling, as far as I could tell, that said that the CDC couldn't make these determinations to extend moratoriums, and the CDC did so anyway for another two months. So these landlords are going to be, again, without capital for two months. And most of them are going to be broke by the end of this. They're going to have to sell their houses for pennies on the dollar. The real estate market's going to be in a lot of trouble. And who's going to be there to gobble up all of those cheap assets going onto the market? Well, BlackRock, they are going to buy a lot of that. So watch your Bitcoin transaction. So this is just another article talking a little bit more about this. Uh, Bitcoin isn't totally anonymous. A motivated person can, trans- can trace your transactions back to you. Uh, and this is a good article, by the way, to see how that could happen. Uh, 99bitcoins.com. These are different ways that people could find who you are through your Bitcoin wallet, publishing your name and Bitcoin address online. So, yeah, again, like you can find people like Lauren Southern, Stefan Molyneux, people like this who just have their Bitcoin wallet there for everyone to see. And going into the totalitarian age that we're going into, that seems risky, right? I'm not going to say it seems stupid. I mean, these people are making (laughs) a hell of money. They have great content. I think Stefan Molyneux is a fantastic thinker. I think he's a fantastic dude. But, uh, you know, I think that's dangerous. I think uh, Monero is definitely preferred, and I think he does have a Monero donation address. And that's fantastic. Publishing your name and Bitcoin address online. Yep. Hello, I'm Gary. Donate with Bitcoin. Yep. So a lot of people do this. Gary has received over 71 Bitcoins to this address. Right. Exactly. So that can be tracked. That can be traced. The governments can look at that. And they could be like, oh, cool. We have Bitcoins to tax, especially if they come out with the much feared, to be shaken and tremor, trembling fear, um, the unrealized capital gains taxes, Right. So there's that. Trading Bitcoins for national currency on a know-your-customer exchange. Buying stuff with Bitcoin. We talked about this where if Amazon started to allow Bitcoin payments or you're using payments uh, through PayPal and you're using Bitcoin to pay for things through PayPal, they have a lot of your information. They have your phone number. They have your address. They have a lot of stuff on you. And some of these exchanges right here have your social security. So they've got a lot of information on you if they find out your wallet, which can be found out through buying stuff, right? Uh, Using a thin client or hosted wallet. Uh, Using Bitcoin without a VPN or Tor. I don't think a lot of people do that to be honest with you. I think that is a wise idea. Bitcoin does not have any built-in encryption when it comes to broadcasting transactions across the network. When your client relays transactions over the network, they pass through the ISP's gateway servers in plain text. Your ISP can intercept and analyze this traffic and then determine which of these transactions belong to your IP address. And then they have your wallet, right? Using Bitcoin with an encrypted VPN or Tor can effectively mask your real IP address, helping to dis associate your Bitcoin traffic from me. Good information. Probably still a good idea to use with Monero and PowerChain and the rest of the privacy coins just because we love every inch of privacy that we can get. Uh, who knows your address? Anyone on the internet? I don't know what all that means. You can read into that. And getting a visible tattoo if you are truly special. But hey, maybe he's got a lot of donations. That's great. So yeah, just a few ways that you could be tracked. Uh, If you live in a country where Bitcoin is illegal, that means government authorities could come after you. Bitcoin Laundry offers crypto users the chance to anonymize their transactions by mixing their addresses with those of other investors. The process is quick and gives you assurance that no one can trace your payments. Yeah, well, we're going to get to that. We are going to get to that. We'll see if that's actually the case. In spirit of privacy, Bitcoin Laundry doesn't say much about its management or location. That's common with crypto businesses. Blah, 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 blah. Offers some of its best fees in the industry. 0.02 Bitcoin, which I calculate is about $10 for each payment. That means it doesn't matter how many cryptos you want to be cleaned. Bitcoin Laundry... Fee is standard, at this point, $10. By comparison, the average fee for mixing crypto is 1% of your coin. So if you want to mix $100,000 with Bitcoin, you can expect to pay $1,000. Okay. this talks about the security that you get. And for added security, the company advises people to visit its website through the Onion search engine, which is sort of like the engine you use, I believe. For the dark web. It works best with Tor browser, so make sure you have it. Or use the Orfox browser or Orbot browser for Tor. If you're trying to get on the dark web or whatever with your mobile device, which I'm not familiar with. I don't know anything about that. Uh but payment limits. So yeah, you could watch a lot of money and stuff. They delete your logs after a while, so the records of you using the mixer aren't sticking around. So just more information on that. Because your goal is to anonymize your Bitcoin transactions, ensure you follow safe transactions throughout the payment process, Uh, use a Bitcoin mixer consistently, that way you'll be Confident, always. No one can trace your address. Again, we'll, we'll get to that. Send your cleansed, send your cleaned coins to a new address when you've never used before. Use Tor browser. Buy crypto anonymously. Be it through a cash transaction or ATM. Which we're going to get to. Also, um, we won't spend too much time on that. But we'll see how private that is. Uh, it's revolutionary, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So we're going to go to Cipherblade, which is a forensics company which does audits on the blockchain, which tracks a lot of stuff. So we're going to see what these professionals have to say. They're pretty smart. Let's say you've chosen to utilize Bitcoin mixing services for privacy reasons. A mixing service attempts to obfuscate the true source of funds. When you send the funds to the mixer, you don't end up getting that same Bitcoin back. The Bitcoin you get back belonged to somebody else before it was in the mixer. Mixers have both legitimate and illegitimate uses, but as you can probably imagine, the proportion of illicit funds that go into a mixer tend to be noticeably higher than most other services for obvious reasons. Because they're laundering money. Because you'd be getting Bitcoin that belonged to somebody else before it went into the mixer and back, the likelihood of you receiving Bitcoin that is tainted or was tainted increases because there may be a close on-chain connection between the incident where the perpetrator used a mixer and the funds you received from the mixer. Because Because of the compliance tools that are sometimes unable to detect mixer usage, these tools may suggest that Bitcoin in your wallet in such a scenario is dirty. However, if a professional firm like CypherBlade were the one assessing the wallet, our opinion would be that the funds aren't actually tainted or dirty in this scenario since we would be able to detect the real reason for having what appears to be dirty Bitcoin is because the receiving transactions are associated with the mixing service. thus, you had nothing to do with the incident. But my question here is, if mixing services become de facto illegal, uh, because a lot of these mixing services aren't filing you know your customer reports, suspicious activity reports, things like this, um, which is what they got Arthur Hayes for, and we made a video about that yesterday, um, that, that could be a problem. That could be a problem, because then everything would be dirty, right? Everything would be dirty coming in and out of there. So, just something to think about. This is why the existence of professionals is so critical. Yeah, they talk about false accusations because of the tainted Bitcoin problem. Like, if you get tainted Bitcoin uh, from somebody who is maybe on the dark web, maybe they were buying cookies from you. It's totally innocent, but maybe they are trying to obfuscate Their funds, and so you maybe are inadvertently, without your knowledge, helping them do that. And then maybe you are under scrutiny of the authorities. There's nothing wrong with using a mixer if that's what you'd like to do. Well, for now, we'll see where that goes. But if your goal is to get rid of any tainted Bitcoins in your wallet, a mixer will not help with that. Some tools and thus some exchanges would treat it as higher risk or with higher security. So, interesting, interesting stuff. This is a very interesting article. i go got to check it out. It talks about tainted bitcoins. I may get to the rest of this article in a different video, but I thought that was interesting. So, the conclusion here was, if your goal is to get rid of tainted bitcoins in your wallet, a mixer will not help with that. Some tools, and thus some exchanges, would actually treat it as higher risk or higher security. You know, because your your funds are flowing into a pool where a lot of other tainted bitcoins are going into, and so what's the likelihood of you getting some of those tainted bitcoins back in your wallet? Even though maybe it doesn't look like it belongs to you anymore, they're still tainted. So that's a risk. And so we're going to skip this article. If we have time, we'll get to it. That's about uh, using Bitcoin ATMs and uh, getting into fiat currency. As far as what I was able to glean, there was no really anonymous way to cash out your Bitcoin anonymously. This is like the most anonymous ways to use a Bitcoin ATM, but they still require your phone number because they send you stuff, like they send you a QR code that you use to print stuff off. I've never used a Bitcoin ATM. Comment if you have. I'm interested to hear from you. Are Bitcoin mixers going quiet? So this is in 2019. When was this written? I'm curious. 2021. Okay. So maybe it's just the authorities haven't gotten to that yet. But right here it says law enforcement is shaking things up. Coin mixers were once a popular solution to Bitcoin's imperfect privacy features. Uh, Pseudonym addresses, we've talked about that. Analysts can piece together who owns each address by looking at how Bitcoin has changed hands. That's where coin mixers or tumblers come in for a fee. Coin mixing services will allow you to deposit Bitcoin that has been quote-unquote tainted by past activity. And as we read in this article, that doesn't entirely work. You could actually get more tainted Bitcoin out of that than you would have otherwise put in. Unless it's like all tainted, you know. Once you make a deposit, you'll receive clean quote unquote Bitcoin in return. They they may sound legally risky, but they're also widely used services that operate in plain sight. Mixers accept Bitcoin for various from various users circulating it according to an algorithm. And right, so if it's according to an algorithm, my thing is if they start to deploy artificial intelligence, Bayesian reasoning and things like this, uh, is the algorithm something that can be identified as being classically associated with mixers and hence taint all the Bitcoin which come out of this pool of liquidity? That is a question I have. This process doesn't hide transaction data. Everything can still be seen on a blockchain explorer, but it does make it harder to piece that data together. But does it make it impossible? Is the question. To some extent, coin mixers do accomplish what they set out to do, uh, as Chainalysis has admitted. Last year, Chainalysis CEO stated that coin mixers make it very hard for the company to track criminals. It definitely makes it difficult for us, but nothing is ever impossible. And they're working with the IRS to figure that out, just like they're trying to figure out Monero. I imagine they'll figure out the Bitcoin mixing thing before they figure out the Monero. I really believe that. Because of the things we talked about before. But it's still possible to trace Bitcoin even after it's been run through a coin mixer. In 2017, Felix Maduakor... Illustrated several ways to attack or analyze coin mixers. Bitcoin Wiki also identifies a few other approaches. For example, it's possible to trace Bitcoin activity by observing correlations between transaction accounts. Right, so again, there are going to be familiarized patterns which are associated with coin mixing activity. And the authorities are going to be able to pick up on that. And if your coins are going into these pools that have these... Familiar patterns of flows happening that may taint the entire pool. And instead of turning it, instead of it being like a washing pool, it could be like a cesspool. (laughs) Literally, like you throw your coins into there and everything that comes out is dirty. So I just started looking into this a couple days ago. Maybe you guys know something I don't. Leave a comment if you have some ideas in regards to this. But I'm just thinking out loud about potential issues with this, right? Some of the stuff seems problematic to me. And as much as Bitcoin is developing right now, as much advancement as we're seeing in the public crypto blockchain sphere with NFTs and uh, DeFi and things like this, there is also... Behind the scenes, a correlated effort on the behalf of the authorities, on the behalf of firms like Chainalysis, uh, CypherBlade, and Taxbit, and other people we've talked about to figure out what is going on on these blockchains and how it is they can figure out every minute detail about it. And they're working with governments to associate that with the citizenry and figure out how they can go after people for more money and to go after what I imagine is coming is political dissonance. So these are things to think about. Let me know what you think. Leave a comment. There's one other way mixers can cover their tracks. Some coin mixers have engaged in dusting in which they distribute small amounts of tainted bitcoins to thousands of addresses. Now, another question, right? Uh, what would the transaction costs for all of this be? thousands of addresses whoa i mean that has to rack up a lot of transaction costs right especially if bitcoin is used more and more and the blockchain gets clogged up can you use the lightning network to do this i don't know more questions more questions the idea is to foil blockchain analytics tools and make it impossible to distinguish the users of mixing services from other HODLers. However, it's not clear if this strategy has succeeded or not. And if it's not clear, as it is with Monero, that it has succeeded, and the, the Department of Justice still hasn't paid out that $625,000 to anyone who has cracked the code as of yet, then why would you use this when you could just use Monero? Especially when the atomic swaps come out. Right? Why would you... Uh, not use PyroChain? Why would you not use some of these other coins? The problem with centralization, there's another problem. Coin mixers are usually custodial services. That means when you deposit cryptocurrency into a mixer, the owner of the mixer takes control of your funds. Exactly, right? So that's just another layer of sketchiness. You have to trust somebody else to perform this service for you. And who knows, what if you send in like a million dollars of bitcoin to this guy and he decides all of a sudden you know what I could take this money and maybe his wife is mad at him one day or something like that she's nagging him for running this business and he's like you know what I just got a million dollars into this wallet uh, see ya. you know so you're relying on human goodwill in regards to this stuff and given all the hacks that have gone on in exchanges and uh, everything else it's like do you really want to do that Since many mixers are short-lived and keep a low profile, really, many mixers are short-lived, so there's a high turnover rate for these mixers. And if they shut down, do they pay out all the Bitcoin before they shut down? Is that a common practice? And Because you're dealing with people who are inherently doing illegal things, and they probably assume you are trying to do something illegal by laundering your money through this service. Uh, are you going to go to the authorities and tell on these people? Like, hey, this guy was supposed to launder my money and he just ran off with it. Like, probably not. Probably not, right? Uh, you just be screwed. It's fairly easy to steal your Bitcoin. It can be quite difficult to decide which coin mixers to trust. On top of that, centralized mixers don't just hold your coins. They hold your personal data, too. Often mixers will keep a log of user activity, IP addresses, and blockchain addresses. And what could you figure out with an IP address? Maybe you could figure out somebody's real address. Uh, Maybe you could figure out who they are, right? And so who knows? Maybe these mixers are run by law enforcement in some cases, and it's a honey trap. And they find out that you are trying to launder your money, and they get you, and they get you. It's not hard to find mixers that periodically delete their logs, but you'll still need to trust that service. You can also use Tor Browser. Uh, They also make an easy target for law enforcement, just like any other online service. Authorities can locate and shut down a centralized coin mixer. Best Mixer, for example, was recently shut down by Dutch authorities. The police also collected user data in the year leading up to the closure. So yeah, I mean, if they get caught, your logs are there. IP addresses, oh, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I'm never using this stuff, dude. (laughs) Why would anyone ever, uh... just buy Monero, people. (laughs) Stop it, just stop with this stuff. Buy Monero, the rise of alternatives, Uh... decentralized mixing techniques. I haven't looked into these. If you know anything about them, please leave a comment special bitcoin wallets i've heard of samurai i think they're pretty good from what i've heard uh there are a few privacy features that don't involve coin mixing bitcoin is planning on adding these signatures and taproot which will make smart contract transactions indistinguishable from regular transactions it's not a substitute for mixing but it will make it more difficult to track transactions on the whole uh okay If you guys know what that means, would you mind letting me know? I'm not sure as to what that stuff is. Leave a comment. Uh, Privacy coins, another alternative. Our favorite alternative, Monero, my man. My, My light, my life, my liberty. Monero, thank you for making a great scene on this page. Grin, I've heard more about Grin. I mentioned this in the last video. If you guys know anything about Grin, please leave a comment. It looks like it's getting a little bit more popular, and we are not fans of Zcash or Dash. It is not private on the protocol level, and so, boom, you're out. Sorry, we don't like you. Uh, even though Dash is pretty fast, I've heard Dash is pretty fast. It's sort of like Litecoin, except you have the option to be private, but. Uh, Why even do the optional thing? I I just don't even get that. Bitcoin itself doesn't offer private transactions, but some off-chain protocols do provide this feature, like the Liquid Network. Now, I've looked into the Liquid Network for like a day, and we're going to get to that at the end of the video. And just according to the Monero people on Reddit, there are some issues with that. Uh, If you guys, again, know anything about the Liquid Network, this is why my brain is so fried. I've been going through all of this stuff today, and again, I'm a tax accountant, I'm just a bookkeeper, I'm a payroll guy, these are services I provide if you're interested, uh, but I am not by any means a cryptographer, I don't I don't know much about these new developments happening, I have to read more into it, I could give you a holistic philosophical perspective on this stuff and kind of connect some dots, but I can't give technical analysis as to how a lot of this stuff works. Um, I can just give you my thoughts, and I'm just trying to be honest, I'm just trying to be upfront, but uh, I hope that you guys that are technical, I can just, you can just tell how tired I am, some of you guys who are technically competent, please leave comments, please try to inform our community. As to this stuff, we could use the info. The verdict on centralized mixing. Centralized coin mixers are still alive, but they are not exactly thriving. Existing mixers are not particularly innovative, and there are countless other privacy efforts underway. These efforts seem to be attracting the vast majority of research and development, not to mention the number of useful privacy options already available. Over the next few years, centralized mixers could begin to shut down due to stricter law enforcement, uh, even if these services stay in operation. Their owners will need to weigh profits against legal risks. Okay. So, this is good stuff. So, who wrote this article, if I may ask? Mike Dalton, thank you. Thank you, Mike, from the crypto briefing. Okay. What are Bitcoin mixers, and why do exchanges ban them? Let's see if there's any more novel information. This is written by the Cointelegraph, Marcel Peckman. Thank you, Marcel. This was written in 2021. So we have more law enforcement developments, it seems. Bitcoin and many other cryptocurrencies are easily traceable. I think we've said that about a thousand times in the last week. And... This misconception is still out there, which just blows my mind. Um, if you actually go on YouTube. Uh, is Bitcoin tainted? i you watching He-Man. Have you guys watched He-Man? Bitcoin's fundamental. Yeah. Coding Jesus, he has some great stuff. If you guys haven't listened to Coding Jesus, he's, he mentions a lot of stuff that's wrong with Bitcoin. But like, look, nobody's looking into this stuff. Tinted to Bitcoin. 2.5k views, 15k views, 7k views. This guy's talking about this random guy in the woods. Can Bitcoin be traced? Uh, 7K views, 28K views, 26K views. Like, nobody's watching this stuff. Nobody is watching this stuff at all. It's just not on anyone's radar. Bitcoin price predictions. Okay, nobody's watching this stuff much either. 128K views from a day ago. Whoa. Uh, 79k views. 1.4 million views. So, people are interested in the price, right? But they're not so much interested in what's going on. Hey, there's me. Hey. (laughs) And, uh, you could listen to Peter Schiff. I like Peter Schiff's analysis on gold and stuff. But, uh, you know, I think he just needs to learn a little bit more about the blockchain and what's going on with that. So, uh, let's see if there's anything more here. Proof came earlier this week when, on April 27th, U.S. authorities arrested the mastermind of Bitcoin Fog, a darknet-based Bitcoin mixing service. So this guy was even on the darknet. Uh, he called himself Bitcoin Fog. How can you find the fog? Authorities were able to capture the operator after analyzing 10 years of blockchain data. Oh, my lord. Whoa. Whoa. And I wonder how much info they got on other people who are using the service, as we talked about before. Crazy, right? So they'll go back 10 years. And if they see you, again, as a political dissident, as an economic enemy, because they come out with their central bank digital currencies, and you're using these other public blockchains, which are competitors to that, they will analyze the blockchain, and they will find you, and they will in the voice of Klaus Schlob, we will get you and take off your internet and you will die. And they'll probably inject you with a vaccine or something. So yeah, that's crazy, right? One doesn't need to be a forensic analyst to know that every single transaction is tied up to addresses on the blockchain, that they will stay there forever. Exactly. And again, we've talked about taxes a lot this week, but if you aren't paying your taxes on your crypto, uh, the statute of limitations for fraud is infinite it's infinite there is no statute of limitations basically if you commit fraud uh like 50 years ago i mean they'll come after you for it and it's there forever it is there forever look at what happened to fluffy pony he i guess committed some fraud according to his accusers 10 years ago and now he's being extradited so fraud there's no statute of limitations it's not like people just forgive you for that stuff Or maybe they forgive you in their hearts, but legally, no, they don't. They want their money back at some point. And uh, yeah, if you don't pay your taxes and you're on the internet and you're like, hey, we shouldn't have government, taxation is theft, we love Bitcoin, death to the dollar, things like this. uh, They will look at all of those transactions and they will get you for tax evasion. Or at least maybe they'll make that case. They'll try. They'll get you tied up in court. They'll try to get you to pay those taxes. And maybe they'll take you to jail. And you'll end up like these people. Like January 6th, right? They'll give you the special treatment. Because you are not on the team. And this really is becoming more of a team sport. Every single day with this new vaccine passport stuff. And all this stuff going on. Which is really getting freaky. And so uh, if you're on the wrong side of these guys... I mean, the records are there forever, literally. And so that's worrisome. That's seriously worrisome. Like banks, I think they hold on to records for like five to seven years on people's accounts. But on the blockchain, it's there forever, forever. And if you don't pay your taxes, then they'll be able to see that. While government agencies cannot determine the IP address or personal data from the address, these coins usually end up being used for products Or service payments. This is the trail that leads back to the sender and the recipient. In the case of Bitcoin Fog, law enforcement was able to identify server hosting expenses paid using digital currency. Interesting. Never even thought about that. Uh, Bitcoin mixing services such as Bitcoin Fog allow users to mix their coins with other users, making it impossible to detect destination addresses. This obfuscates the ties between the inputs and output. Yeah, we know. We know, we know we've been through all that stuff centralized mixers offer the obvious single point of failure problem which we've talked a lot about this week we've talked a lot about single points of failure which we see in Bitcoin mining when you have economies of scale and you have big miners with big warehouses and big factories end up taking up a lot of the hash power for the network central nodes of failure whereas With Monero, if you want to mine Monero, you just flip open a laptop. Anyone can do it all across the world. And, you know, they can come after a few of us. They can't come after all of us at the same time. So the network stays on point. And, uh, you know, say the U.S. decides they want to crack down. A lot of these Bitcoin miners are going to Texas and to Florida. Say the government all of a sudden is like, nope, we don't like this. Boom. Hash rate plummets. Cost of transacting Bitcoin skyrockets. Um... Yeah, so the single point of failure problem is seriously problematic for Bitcoin. As much as we'd like to think it is decentralized, which it is to a certain degree, but there are issues with centralization, or at least issues relative to Monero. It's not as decentralized relative to Monero, that's for sure. Even if one trusts that entity is using multi-sig addresses, if the service is willing to share its data or has been breached, users will lose their privacy. Plausible deniability. We're going to talk about that with Monero a little bit. There is something to talk about with Monero in regards to plausible deniability. And ring signatures and how all that stuff works. More just, just thick fog I've been digging into today. Partially why I'm so tired. Man, this stuff is complicated, but I'm trying to break it down for you guys. Hopefully I'm providing value. If I am, like the video, subscribe and all that stuff. As no one can point out which entity owns each output. Okay, so... Let's see, is there any new information here? Even though these mixing services aren't illegal in most jurisdictions, some exchanges and services might refuse users linked to addresses associated with coin mixing activities. Right. So it turns the washer, the washer pool problem into a cesspool problem, where you think that your coins are going to come out clean, but they come out dirty, and perhaps dirtier than they were before they went in. I don't know if that makes sense, if they're going to be more dirty, uh, but they'll be dirty still if everything that goes into this pool of liquidity is then dirty when it comes out, as identified by blockchain investigators, blockchain auditors, exchanges, and all of these people. right? So, as more people realize the importance of achieving a certain degree of privacy for self-protection, the fewer incentives companies will have to deny their clients the use of Mixers. Doesn't look uh, too good. Just another article on this. Another guy arrested. Is this the same guy? No, this is Bitcoin Fog. This is another guy who is arrested. Larry Harmon was arrested in charge last week after operating Helix Coin Mixing. And this is February 2020, John Southhurst and the Grams Darknet Market Search Engine. So another guy on the dark web, you'd think he'd be safe from the authorities. Not the case. Not the case. This reminds us of two things, that operating such Bitcoin mixers are illegal, even if you don't touch illicit goods directly, and that Bitcoin is not for anonymous transactions, nor was it ever intended to be. Armin has been indicted for money laundering conspiracy, operating an unlicensed money transmitting business and conducting money transmission without a District of Columbia license. The government didn't need new laws to make the arrest. They've existed for a long time. Okay. So... All interesting stuff. You can dig more into these articles. This is from CoinGeek. And so I want to get to the last part of the video. They were talking about the Lightning Network here and we heard about the Liquid Network um, in an earlier article. I don't know what this guy's talking about here. Full anonymity leads to corruption. I don't know what that means. I mean, people have used gold and silver for thousands of years, never have been able to track gold and silver. You can't track physical commodities. Um, so I don't know what he's talking about there, but let's get to the Liquid Network. The Liquid Network is a sidechain based settlement network for traders and exchanges, enabling faster, more confidential Bitcoin transactions. So it's like a layer two... Solution to some Bitcoin issues in regards to Bitcoin being slow in regards to Bitcoin not being private and so uh, Here we see confidential transactions asset types and amounts are hidden by default on the liquid sidechain Keeping traders sensitive financial data secure from third parties and preventing the front-running of large orders Okay Rapid transfers so it's fast cool And so this was looking good for a sec. I looked up some videos, tried to educate myself, and a lot of it was kind of over my head. But I looked up, are there any problems with this stuff? And this came up on the Monero Reddit forum. If you're not part of the Monero Reddit forum, go ahead and join, which I clearly still need to do. But to be honest with you, like most of this stuff goes over my head. I get what they're saying about the fungibility here. I can actually understand some of what's going on in this article, but some of like the technical stuff they talk about is just like, holy moly. I feel like I'm going through like one of those rick and morty portals, you know. This is just another world. Liquid and other l two scaling solutions break fungibility, complicate scaling. Here's a claim, I'm told from time to time. Bitcoin can just make Monero or some other zero knowledge proof sidechain for privacy slash fungibility if needed. But I've been thinking a Bitcoin on the Liquid network is not a Bitcoin at all. Sure, it is backed one-to-one by Bitcoin, but that's where it ends. Bitcoin isn't a thing. It's units in a ledger, and its properties are defined by what the ledger allows. So since Liquid has different security guarantees and risks, it is federated versus decentralized, and any added features further alters risks. And utility of the Liquid coin versus a normal Bitcoin, they really are not the same asset at all. So he's saying there's an extra layer of risk because the, li- the liquid network, as far as I understand, is run by a business. It's run by a company. And so if that company is chased down by the IRS or chased down by the feds to shut down, that could cause, again, a single point of failure for this new extra layer network. And it could shut it down. And that's an extra added risk. So I think that's what he's trying to say. For instance, imagine if there's an inflation bug in some zero-knowledge liquid sidechain. And zero-knowledge is just another uh, facet of privacy blockchains that create anonymity, anonymity. Wow, I need some coffee. If you know more about zero-knowledge, please leave a comment. I think that's what Pirate Chain runs on like they have Z snarks, which are zero knowledge proofs, which adds privacy, the person who inflated it can exchange them for real Bitcoin via cross chain atomic swaps, or a peg, or however else. So what he's trying to say here is, because the whole idea is Bitcoin is one to one with these liquid Bitcoins, which then are exchanged at the other end of the chain. So like, you know, if you're trying to send Bitcoin to somebody through this, extra layer, the Bitcoin goes through this other chain and there's a swap for the Bitcoin for the liquid coin, which then is swapped at the other end of that chain and then is given to the person you're sending the Bitcoin to. And if in the middle of that, there's some vulnerability, which allows Hackers or allows people who work on this network, developers, to inflate the amount of that liquid coin in this intermediary tunnel of sorts, then, you know, instead of one Bitcoin coming in and one Bitcoin coming out, there could be one Bitcoin coming in, 10 Bitcoins coming out, and the other nine Bitcoins go to the people who were able to hack the chain. I think that's what he's trying to say. If I'm wrong about that. If I'm misunderstanding, please let me know. But I think that's what he's trying to say. This risk and other risks, such as government takeover of the federated nodes, which we talked about, single point of failure. If the liquid liquid federated members collude to steal coins, should alter the value of the liquid bitcoins against real bitcoins? Is that a complete sentence? Okay, so he's saying that because of this added risk, there is a risk premium that is attached to the liquid Bitcoins. Because if something happens to this extra layered blockchain, which is a different blockchain from Bitcoin, it's a sidechain of Bitcoin. If something happens to this sidechain, um, and there's extra risk associated with it, and it's more centralized then you can't really value one Bitcoin to one of these liquid Bitcoins because there's a risk premium involved. And so they should be valued differently because if something happens to this extra chain, then that could be problematic for getting getting your Bitcoin out. You may not get a Bitcoin out. Right? I could flesh that out more, but I'm still trying to digest The full meaning of that I probably need a little bit more time with that But I think that's what he's trying to say. There's a risk premium on that and that's not truly Incorporated into the one-to-one value and just the same a Bitcoin payment sent on chain versus one on the lightning network before it is Settled on chain will have additional risks So lighting lightning network Bitcoin should also be valued differently as they are not equal. I agree I agree just saying that it's one-to-one uh, you know, that's not entirely accurate. It's not entirely accurate So this is interesting stuff Talk about multi six stuff and then it gets a little bit technical L2 scaling solutions that attempt to overcome the blockchain limitations break fungibility so the asset being traded is not the same as the one traded on chain So this introduces new fungibility problems, which Bitcoin already has because of the whole tainted thing. Even though, if you want to check out this article, these people will argue, Cypherblade will argue that the tainted problem does not interfere with fungibility. I think it does. I'm of the opinion that it does. These people are pretty smart though, so maybe their opinion is worth checking out. But this is from somebody on the core development team for Monero. Monero can scale on-chain while Bitcoin cannot. So the situation is fundamentally very different. There are attacks against Bitcoin Lightning that would not work on a similar network built on top of Monero. An example would be a justice transaction that cannot be mined on the Bitcoin main blockchain because the Bitcoin blockchain is overloaded. I don't know what a justice transaction is. I tried to look up what that was. I'm not entirely sure. And these people are talking about wrap tokens. I don't know if you guys have heard about that. This is probably where I'll end the video, maybe say one or two more things. But it's the same thing with all these wrap tokens. We're trusting the code of the developers who make them, which has nothing to do with the code of the coin that I wrapped. Exactly. And the most wrapped tokens, and you know, there's wrapped Bitcoin, there's wrapped Ethereum, uh, there are other wrapped coins. The most wrapped. Tokens are effectively in centralized form. So it not only requires trust in the code But trust in those holding it and this is already on top of trusting the code for the base coin so you just have layer upon layer upon layer of complications of Things that you need to trust are working right and when it comes to people like me Who don't understand much of any of that stuff on a technical level and most people don't by the way uh, I'm just gonna go with Monero just going to go with Monero. I'm not going to deal with all this uh, extra complication. All right. I'm just going to go with Monero because it has a proven track record. You know, that's just a heuristic way of determining that to be the best way to go as far as privacy is concerned. Depends on how it was implemented. Inflation bugs are possible. And we saw this with Haven, by the way, which is one reason why I'm a little bit skeptical about putting Haven out there as a coin that I like because it was kind of a problem. I mean, these people minted millions of Haven and got away with millions of dollars. Now they roll back the network, but inflation bugs are a thing and it's happened in Bitcoin. It's happened in Haven. And if it happens with these layered up blockchains, that could be problematic, right? That could be problematic to the security. So it would be possible to make it 1 to 2. As we talked about before, you have 1 coming in and 10 coming out and drain the backed coins, resulting in 0 to 1 ratio after the attack was executed. So the person doesn't get the coins back, the person who put the coins into the sidechain, nothing comes out. And that's the added risk, and that's why you can't really measure these things as being 1 to 1 because of that extra risk premium you have to put onto there. And on top of that, you have to pay a fee to use the sidechain, I imagine. So, you know, you're actually valuing the liquid currency as more than the underlying currency, which you you would think would be reversed. But it can't work that way because how would the sidechain or the federated members make money? What would be their profit incentive? So, Thinking out loud with you guys, plus the federated members could opt to steal the coins by colluding. Am I still recording? Okay, yes. Sir. How long are we going on for? I feel like I've been talking for a while. It doesn't really tell me. Okay. Uh, new and different risks, features on a different ledger secured via different means to me says they are not equally valuable and by definition not fungible. Right. And so these are just some issues with this liquid network that we were talking about, which proposes to make Bitcoin confidential. And I think Litecoin's working on a similar thing where they're trying to make a side chain so that you could send uh, Litecoin through this side network, which would make it anonymous. But that would, I think, principally have the same issues as we just talked about with this liquid network and the lightning network. So... Uh, Wow, that's a lot of stuff to digest, man. I've been going through all this stuff today, and I was going through a lot of other stuff to do, um, other videos on, and we looked at BlackRock. We looked at other things going on in the news. I may just do that tomorrow, and uh, you know that'll happen. But man, I'm tired. <laughs> My brain is fried from looking into this stuff. Uh, if you're a technical person, again, leave a comment. Let's go full screen here. I'm done. I'm cooked, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, screen, yep. And I'm a little bit cold. I don't know why it's cold in my house. It's like the middle of summer. And maybe the temperature is cooling down as we move into August, as we move into fall. But I woke up today, I'm like, dude, it's cold. I got to throw on a jacket. And I'm not one to, uh, you know, waste money on just, you know, getting hot in my house. You know, just uh, throw on a little bit of the, the seal skin and... Warm up the temp, but uh, yeah, I mean tell me what you guys think of this video I think we went over some pretty interesting stuff today because I hear a lot of this stuff about Bitcoin washers and to me I wouldn't use them now if they worked and These other layered solutions work the liquid network and the lightning network and things like this To offer privacy and to offer quicker transactions that could compete with Monero. I would uh, uh take Bitcoin a little bit more seriously, but there seem to be issues with them as well. So, uh, again, Monero, one, Bitcoin, zero. Monero wins again, just as they did with the mining, just as they did with the taxes. If you are a criminal and you don't want to report your taxes, which as a tax professional, I have to say that yes, you should pay your taxes, but if you don't want to, they're not going to find that out, uh, even though you should. I'm trying to say as much as I can to make me not liable for anyone doing illegal things. And again, I don't say this in my videos, but this is in the description, and this is in the about section. This is not financial advice. I'm not a financial professional. I'm not a crypto uh, uh, financial professional or anything like this, right? I'm just a dude. giving you my thoughts. I'm a guy who loves privacy coins. We love Daryl. We love Monero. We love Pirate Chain. We love these projects, and I think that you should look into them. I think that they're going to be huge, and... My other videos that we've made earlier this week will, I think, make the case for that. So I think just doing all this content over the last week has had me a little burnt. I've been thinking about taking a little bit of a break. Maybe Rick was right. But I think that's all for today. We're going to do a little bit of news tomorrow. I'm going to think of other things to make videos about. If you have any video requests, Josh, he had recommended the Fluffy Pony video. So shout out to Josh. Thank you for putting that on my radar giving me some new content to do um follow me i'm Monero mateo twitter gab uh telegram too find me at Monero mateo although most of the stuff i share on telegram has nothing to do with prophecy coins it's mostly having to do with the decline of civilization and christianity stuff so that is cool too so i hope that you guys have a wonderful day um and share the video like the video i love the likes i love the comments please commenting keep liking i asked you guys to comment like a million times in this video because there is a lot to talk about i could learn a lot from you and so that being said uh yeah take care